Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The Bible teaches only those who abide receive the blessing of salvation. Would you look at verse six in your Bibles, please? If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now, let me just encourage you. If you would like a in-depth teaching on verse six, I think you can find it on the app. Go to the app, the verse by verse teaching of John chapter 15. And I deal specifically more in depth with verse six, because verse six is used uh, as a proof text that a uh, that a believer can lose their salvation. And they'll tell you, well, the verse says right here, if you don't abide, then you're going to be cast into the fire. And many people tell you a believer can choose not to abide and lose their salvation. If you want more clarity Uh, Go visit uh, that particular teaching. Listen, the Bible is clear. Let me give it to you short and sweet. The Bible is clear. A true believer can never be thrown away. Somebody say amen. John chapter 6. This is a memory verse for all Christians. John 6, 37. All that the Father gives me, I will come to him. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. If a person is cast out, that was John 6, 36. Write that down. If a person is cast out and burned, that means that person was never a real disciple. Now, there are plenty of people in plenty of churches. They come every week. They serve. They, they, they worship with the same songs that you do and they hear the same sermon that you do and they give to the church and they participate in ministry and missions and all of these things. And they're not saved. There are plenty of people in the church who are among us, but they are not with us. Right. Nothing new under the sun. First John two nineteen. First John two nineteen. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. Can you all help me read this morning? For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. So John even tells us here. Who do you think of when you read this verse? Judas. Judas heard the same sermons that Jesus preached. Judas worshipped uh, along with, with the other disciples. Judas participated in communion. Jesus washed Judas' feet. And first John tells us that, yeah, they were with us, but not really. They were not of us. Simple. 
If a person is truly born again, the Holy Spirit of God has the Holy Spirit of God in them. They will remain. And if they don't remain, then they are not saved. Now, I want you to hear me because this is important. Because that sounds harsh in this culture we live in. Nowadays, you can't say anything that anybody doesn't like, because if you do, then you're not being sensitive. Are you praying for me? You're not being sensitive. Jesus wasn't sensitive. Let's get that right. I don't think we need to be disrespectful and harsh and sincerous and judgmental. No, we don't need to be that way, but we do need to say what the word of God says. And we need to conversely not say what the word of God does not say. So the Bible makes it very clear. We like to complicate it. We like to look at a person and say, oh, well, they were saved, but they fell away. Tell y'all something. I don't know if I've ever said this publicly. So many years ago, it might have been 23 years ago. I actually had an assistant pastor serving alongside of me in ministry. And now we are, you know, 20, you know, 26 years later now. And I come to learn, say, in the last five years that he is an ardent opponent against Christianity. Ardent committed his life to destroying the Christian faith. He was an assistant pastor. Taught the word. Actually, he wasn't a bad teacher. Taught the word. So what happened? You could look at him and say, oh, well, he lost his salvation. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible makes it very clear. We want to complicate it. Well, you know, he might have, he probably fell off and then he got back on, but then he was saved, but then he was not. We want to complicate it. Listen, the Bible makes it very simple, people. You either know him or you don't. And if you do not abide and you fall away, then you obviously were never connected to the vine in the first place. You still praying for me? We look at people and say, man, they were serving. They were faithful, bearing fruit in the ministry. And now they turn back. They're back on God. Listen, they weren't saved. You cannot lose your salvation. A couple of reasons. Number one, you didn't give yourself salvation. You didn't gain salvation on your own. You believed God and received the grace of God. And by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Lest any of us will try to brag about it. Is that right? So the question, did they really have the salvation? Maybe they were just looking like fake fruit. Amen. Maybe it was just fake fruit. Maybe the, the, the fruit that we were looking at, you know, the Bible studies and the serving and the involvement, maybe it was just fake fruit. You know, some fake fruit look really real. I'm a 70s kid. Anybody from the 70s, y'all all know fake fruit was a part of the decor. Come on, wave at me if you even know what I'm talking about. Fake fruit, fake fruit, fake fruit. We had some good looking fake fruit. <laughs> they don't even sound like you go together. Those are good-looking fake fruit. Yeah, we have paneling. Y'all, paneling. Y'all remember paneling? 
Then when you didn't want to replace the paneling, you painted the paneling. Anybody <laughs> fake fruit. Fake fruit. Sometime fake fruit and fake fruit is a real disappointment, isn't it? Then they start making the fruit look real. You remember that Grandma Betty? You had we had a bowl of it. <laughs> well, I love me so Grandma Betty. What'd you say, Grandma Betty? You had a bowl of it. You had a fake fruit on the table. You might got something right now, don't you? <laughs> Grandma Betty said, "No, I don't." <laughs> Because she's stylish like that. But some of that fake fruit looked real, didn't it? Plastic. Looked like real fruit. Take your pen, take your pen. Write this down, write this down. The root determines the fruit. Bad root means bad fruit. Good root means good fruit. If there's no root, there will be no fruit. The root determines the fruit. So you say, Pastor Rodney, how do I get a good root system? How do you bear fruit? Let's put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. How do I bear fruit? Well, you bear fruit by coming to worship. You bear fruit by Hanging around other Christians. How about that? Develop roots when you fellowship. You develop roots when you come to men's study and women's study. And that's why we, we promote it. So every single week, this is one announcement we talk about all the time. Not because we need to build up attendance. That's a wonderful thing. But more importantly, you cannot become a strong Christian. You can't be a good, a strong believer. And you can't have a good root system without fellowship and connection. I'm talking about walking in the spirit and how to live and walk in the spirit. Without connection to Jesus and to one another. You develop roots by hanging around people who think like you. That's not to the exclusion of people who don't think like you because we have to be salt and light and you can't be salt and light if we all just kind of huddle together like one little amoeba. You know, we just huddle together and we never talk to anybody else and we never go, you know, to the hangout places and y'all know what I'm talking about. So, so let's be mindful that we're not um, uh, becoming hermits and just, you know, uh, uh, staying together. But, but we can't have fellowship with the world at the same time. Having fellowship and going to hang out is a different thing. I, I want to have time to develop that, but I don't. Developing roots, hanging around people like you. This is when your roots go deep and you find water and you're nourished. Let's move on to point number two. Fruit bearing produces the blessing of what, saints? Fruitfulness. Look at verse five. Look at verse five. John 15, five. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, Y'all, come on, say it with me. You can do nothing. Jesus, he is the vine. 
the producer. We are the branches, the fruit bearers. Branches are not designed to produce fruit. Branches are totally dependent on the vine. Stay with me. Fruit bearing is the natural result of abiding in the vine. And I don't care how strong you are. And I don't care, you know, how, how good you think you are, whether you're strong or weak, uh, 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 you're rich or poor, you're good or brave or ca- whatever you think about yourself, no matter your gifts, education, accomplishments, fruit will not produce if it is detached from a vine. The responsibility of the branches is to simply, can you write this down? The responsibility of the branches is to simply abide in the vine. The responsibility of the Christian is to simply abide in Christ. And the result of abiding is fruitfulness, right? Have you ever seen a fruit tree trying to bear fruit? Thank you, one person. The answer is no. Fruit trees do not try to bear fruit. You have never seen a fruit tree striving and straining and struggling to bear fruit. And if you've seen a fruit tree striving to bear fruit, please see a doctor. Because trees don't strive to bear fruit. Trees, fruit trees, just abide. They just exist. They just hang out. They do what God has created them to do and draw the water. Some of you um, horticulturalists, you know what I'm saying. They just exist. They just, roots, roots just run down. Psalm 1, and you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that bring forth fruit because your roots are running down deep and chasing after that water and you're just abiding. What happens is fruit is born. Fruit doesn't strive. You'll never see a, a fruit tree going, oh, 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 this is tough bearing fruit. I'm working here, people. (laughs) You never hear a tree saying, apples, 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 come forth. (laughs) It doesn't happen, right? But watch this, but watch this, watch this. But I've heard Christians who are supposed to be abiding in Jesus, struggling and straining and striving to bear spiritual fruit. I've seen that. I've heard that. When they but they say things like, oh, it's so hard to be a Christian. Oh, it's so hard not to sin. It is not hard to be a Christian and it is not hard not to sin. The only way to not sin and walk with Jesus is to just simply abide. Just hang out. You hang out, just stay close to the word, just come to worship, come get involved in a Bible study, meet with some guys over coffee, surround your life with fellowship, surround your life with the word. And, you know, we all have to check in where we are. 
I got to check in. I have my, like, you know, you have your self-spiritual check. Anybody have, have that? Like, you want to just check in with you spiritually. And I realized, because I like that self-check. I realized, hey, Rodney, you need to put on some more worship music. This is the truth this week. This week, I'm, you need to put on some more worship music. Because I'm likely to have a Bible study on, even, even when I'm getting dressed on Sunday morning, quite honestly, I like Jer- David Jeremiah, I like Michael Youssef. And I will put them on. I love to hear good Bible teaching from mature Bible teachers. That's one aspect. But also, I need to put some, put some, put some music on, put some worship. Because you know what, that, that, that kind of white noise, you want that kind of white noise? Because you wanted to start infiltrating your mind and your heart and your spirit. Because it makes abiding even that much more easier. I'm just, that's what I'm saying. It just makes abiding that much easier. So you don't have to struggle not to sin. You don't have to struggle to walk with the spirit. You have to abide with Jesus. And I promise you, if you abide, you won't find yourself struggling and straining and trying to make something happen. You won't find yourself struggling with the ministry and you want to do a ministry that God is saying no to. Or you want to meet this guy or marry that girl that God is saying no to. You won't be struggling with God. Y'all say a better amen than that. Because you are simply abiding in Christ. Point number three, got to move on. Fruit bearing produces. Y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. Fruit bearing. You at home? Fruit bearing, number three, produces the blessing of answer prayer. Now, I need everybody to say amen there. The blessing of answer prayer. Look at verse 7 of John chapter 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, y'all looking at it? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. People love, first of all, people love this verse. People love this verse. I mean, there's a lot of verses in the Bible people love, but they especially love this one. And the reason why people love this verse, because it says that you can ask what you do. This verse looked like a blank check for some folk. You can ask for what you, y'all still, y'all with me. You can ask for what you desire and it shall be done to you. Listen, or done for you, done to you, done for you. You got to read. Now, listen, the key to this verse is to read, first of all, the entire verse. Okay. And particularly don't focus on the last part of the verse. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you because that's the part people really like. But let's look at the first part of the verse. If you y'all come on, read it with me. If you abide in me and my words abide. Now, when you read the first part of the verse, well, that kind of changes the whole context of what you ask for. That's the point here, people. See, this verse, John 15, 17, comes with a double conditional promise. Double conditional promise. Jesus is saying, if God's word remains in you, you can ask anything. If God's word remains in you, you can ask anything. 
G. Campbell Morgan, a theologian, he said it like this. I love it. The first half of the verse is the cherubim with the flaming sword that guards the way to the second half of the verse. I love that. This verse could read, if you abide in me and my words settle down in you, you can ask for what you desire and it shall be done for you. The promise of answer prayer is reserved only for those who abide in the true vine. Then the promise of prayer and the promise of answer prayer applies. There's a qualifying statement to asking for what you want. John 14, you don't need to turn it. I think I got this. Do I have a verse? John 14, 13, 14. Ah, thank you. I do. John 14, 13, 14. And whatever you ask in my name, y'all come on, read it with me. And whatever you. Oh, I want y'all to read it with some uh, some energy or some believability or something. And whatever you ask in my name. My name, I will leave that verse there just for a second, Miss Mary. The qualifying statement in John 14, 13, ask in my what? Name. The qualifying statement in John 15, 7, if you abide in me. Now, we talked about, thank you, we talked about what it means to pray in Jesus' name. We've talked about that. Again, go to my verse-by-verse teaching on either the website or the app. And uh, we talked about uh, what it means to pray in Jesus' name. What does it mean, Pastor? Take your pen, take your pen. Praying in Jesus' name means that you are praying in the nature and the character of Jesus in full identification with Jesus. When you pray in full identification with Jesus, then you are praying for what is consistent with his will and his word. Let me say it again. When you pray in full identification with Jesus, you're praying for what is consistent with his will and his word. When you pray consistent with his will and his word, well, that eliminates give me this and give me that. When you pray consistent with his word, that eliminates the gimme's. Or I want. Or God provide for me. It eliminates self. Now, don't get me wrong. Let me just qualify this. We need to pray about all things. And there is nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with asking God for the things that you need and provision. We are to come to God. And we are to ask God for health and for healing and provision and all of the things and salvation and all of the things that pertain to our lives. God wants to hear from us. There's no problem with that. The problem is, is when we pray and we ask God to provide for us and to heap blessings on us that we might hoard those blessings for ourselves. Now you're not praying in identification with Jesus because Jesus came to serve. Jesus came to to, to, to to be a blessing to man. Jesus came to give for God so loved that he gave. So when you pray in full identification with his will and with his word, then you'll be praying in Jesus name. You'll be asking for what is in harmony with his will. Hmm. 
Let me remind you, if you've been around here for a while, you've heard this. I'm going to tell you again. Prayer isn't getting your will done in heaven. Prayer is getting God's will done on earth. Prayer isn't an argument with God trying to get God to move things your way. Prayer is an exercise where we move ourselves his way. Prayer isn't overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of God's willingness. And I will say this. I thank God that he did not affirmatively answer many of my prayers. I'm telling you, probably like up around 90 percent. I need y'all to get honest and, 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 and show me your hand for a witness. Uh, some of y'all ain't telling the truth. God, I want this, Lord. You know, when you're young and in love. God, I want to marry her. Oh, God, she's so gorgeous and so, look at that nose. God, I just got to marry her. got to look at that nose for the rest of my life. Lord, if you just let me marry her, Lord, I'll be happy and I'll serve you too. <laughs> you too. Okay. All right. You see her about 30 years later, you're like, Lord, thank you. <laughs> Lord, you knoweth all things. <laughs> I'm just joking. Calm down. <laughs> but don't we? Don't we all thank God for the prayers that he did not answer and did not give you? Uh, can you put your Bible down and just clap your hands for Jesus right there? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Because God knows all things. And, and we're his children. What? Well, he's going to give us the best anyway. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.